Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Dr. Arthur Kaplan is the director of the Division of Medical Ethics at the NYU Grossman School of Medical Ethics. He's also the author of, and this is the best book title in the world, Smart Mice, Not So Smart People. You know, I love that uh, title, Dr. Kaplan. I, that's, that's my favorite ever. Good to have you back on the show. Hello, Dr. Kaplan. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, Great. You yeah. Uh, it's been a while, and I wish we were talking under more pleasant circumstances. But let's if I can go through a number of questions with you fairly quickly here. Sure. Um, time is just rushing by us. Let me start with this. When What's your view of President Trump saying that uh, he wants to reopen the U.S. economy, and very quickly, he's already got that going, started, and some state governors are on side with him. What, what do you say to that? I say in 1918, the country reopened after the Spanish flu. They went out and celebrated by the hundreds of thousands in the streets. And within uh, two weeks, there were about uh, 100,000 dead people. You can't reopen until you know that the curve is way on the slope down. I mean, you can reopen. You're just going to kill a lot of people. And without testing, you've got to be able to test to know who's positive and who isn't so you know who to let out and who has to still say indoors. So I think he's being irresponsible just by talking about we've all got to come out now. It's, it's, it's not true relative to preventing deaths. You've written and called for, quote, testing, testing, and more testing. So the question then becomes how much testing capacity do we have? And uh, I also read there's a remarkably high percentage of those who eventually test positive for COVID-19 who are asymptomatic. That's going to have to uh, be looked at very carefully. But what about the idea that you're putting forward of an immunity passport for those who are going back to work? How would that work? Well, I know people don't like the idea of being traced or having to show your papers. It sounds kind of totalitarian. But look, if we're really going to come out, then we need to know who's positive or who goes positive, And we have to make sure that we can trace who you came in contact with, and that means basically carrying an app that says, you know, I'm negative, and then testing you in two days, and I'm still negative. Or, if we're really lucky, I survived the disease or I was infected, and I'm seropositive, meaning I'm likely to have immunity, I can come out too. If you don't do that, then you don't know what's going on. You wind up keeping people indoors who don't have to be. Other people should be allowed out, but they're not. So, look, people say to me, what about privacy? Do you think, Roy, that you have any privacy today with every single app tracing everything about you? Not a chance. Hackers? Not a chance. Not a chance. So you're not giving up anything. It's ludicrous. What about the uh, medical profession as a whole? When you put this idea forward, this suggestion forward, uh, how are they responding to, to you? Well, people wish they had more tests so they could do what I'm talking about. We're probably about... Uh, three times away from the testing that we need, which is got to test every other day, probably need a 15-minute saliva test, not this swab thing because it takes too long. We're starting to get that here in the States. You're starting to get it too up in Canada, but we don't have enough. So where the politicians have let us down, really let us down, is not pushing for testing. That's what South Korea did. That's what Taiwan did. That's why they're out, and we're not. 
And again, there, at least at the beginning of this discussion, there were issues or questions about people's rights. You can't, in, in, you know, infringe on their rights. You can't demand testing. That was the original, one of the original arguments. And clearly, when you look at Taiwan, their system is working extremely well. And I would imagine today people might see things a little differently if we were to say to them, hey, do you want to try what Taiwan has done? Professor Kaplan, uh, hey, by the way, prior... no, one, no, one said, no one said you had to get tested. You want to stay mm-hmm. indoors and not test? Okay. Yeah, true. What about the priorizing or priorizing? Prior, prior, I can't say the word. That's why I always say priorizing. It's not a word, but I made it up. <laughs> I made priorizing up because I can't say the other one. <laughs> what, about, what about the issue of essential versus elective surgeries? You have cancer patients who are not getting the surgeries now. Yeah. So, look, when we started to uh, reduce elective operations in hospitals all around the world, people got into these big fights about was my uh, whatever I'm doing, was it important enough to keep going even with resources going over and equipment and protective gear to treating very sick people? And you heard all kinds of arguments. My cancer patients need treatment. I run an in vitro fertilization clinic. My families need babies. I get migraines. I get disabled. I have to continue to get my Botox treatments, which seem to help some people for that. And on and on and on it went. You know, everything from, well, you name it, everybody considered it important from the doctor's point of view. It's going to be the same issue as we reopen. What comes back first? Obviously, a lethal cancer you want to bring that back early. We don't want to leave people with cancer without their treatments. Sure. But I think the principle to follow is not so much is my specialty more important than your specialty. It's what takes resources away from the mission, which is okay. to treat people who are acutely ill. If Dr. Kaplan, that, I thank you. I, I'm sorry I have to do this, okay, but no I problem. thank you so much for the time. There's so many things going on at the same time. And uh, the clock becomes not only the enemy, it becomes intractable. But thank you, I hope. You do, yeah. Thanks for the time. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.